0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Entertain Me Please. My name is Leslie Hikita, and this is the podcast where I ask my guests to entertain me by telling me about their favorite movie. This is my fifth episode and I haven't really spoken about who I am and what I do and what this podcast is for. First of all, I live in Los Angeles. I work as a film and TV extra in the background. I really do enjoy the job. It's gotten me to be on projects that I never would have thought that I would be on. I grew up in Tucson, Arizona for the most part, and I moved to Los Angeles in 2003. I didn't really know anyone in the city. All I knew was that I wanted to work in entertainment. Entertainment has been the biggest influence in my life growing up, and I always loved movies. My favorite movie of all time is Fight Club. A lot of people find that surprising, but I really love the themes in that movie, and just when I saw that movie, it was at a time when I could relate to so much of what the character in the movie was going through. I've bounced around LA for the last 20 years. I've made a lot of incredible friends. I luckily was able to get a job in entertainment I write. I was in a band for a short time where I played the bass guitar, and we were called Corgi Cat. We have some music up on YouTube that you can also look up if you like. We mostly did alternative cover songs from the 90s. Right now, I'm not in any bands, but I do love to sing. I started making this podcast in June or July. I took a podcasting workshop uh, with a school called Akimbo, which I really highly recommend. They gave me all of the tools that that I needed to start this little show. When I first started taking the workshop, I thought that I would do a podcast about more social issues. It kind of got too big and too broad, and so I just decided to hone it down into something that was just one subject that I could focus on that I'm really passionate about, and that was movies. And I decided to interview people about what their favorite movies are because I would love to be interviewed about my favorite movie. So far, it's been so much fun. There have been some movies that I maybe wasn't thrilled to watch and talk about. But once I start talking to the guest about what it is they love about the movie, it really feeds my energy. I see what they love about it, and it makes me like it even more. And that's the power of movies and entertainment and art. It's an escape from everyday life, and who doesn't need that? This episode, I talk to my guests about the movie Tropic Thunder, directed by Ben Stiller, starring Ben Stiller, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Black, Nick Nolte, Matthew McConaughey, Jay Baruchel, and Brandon T. Jackson. Topics we touch on in this episode, Hastings in Sierra Vista, Roadhouse Movie Theater in Tucson, movies that make you like an actor that you didn't like before, 80s Tom Cruise, Having Hooks for Hands, arm Stumps oversized prosthetics, Mortal Kombat's over-the-top gore and violence, torture porn, Al Pacino, the rapper, Justin Thoreau, the actor, Bill Hader, Jeff Daniels, and seeing arachnophobia as a child, Keanu Reeves and his cameo in Always Be My Maybe, the dearly missed Chris Farley, SNL's Gap Girl sketch, Grown Ups, the movies, Homer Simpson, and Mr. Burns. I think I've said enough for now, so let's get on with the show. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you are and what you like to do?
1: My name is Nick. I'm in Tucson, Arizona. And I just, I mean, I'm kind of a simple guy when it comes to things. You know, I enjoy going out and going to the bar, which, you know, not really doing these days, but. You love
0: karaoke.
1: Yeah. Karaoke. That's where I met my wife actually at a karaoke bar. Yeah. Which was kind of one of those funny things because we'd always see each other at the same places, but never talk to each other until one night we did. And then, you know, here we are.
0: Well, I'll just mention that Nick's married to one of my best friends that I've known since elementary school. So that's how I got Nick to be on the show today. So thank you for volunteering. Of course. What movie did you choose to talk about?
1: I chose Tropic Thunder. I felt like it could go one of two ways. Whoever's listening, it's like, oh, that movie, or someone's like, oh, yeah, that movie. Yeah. You know, I just, I felt like it was kind of a, an obscure, but not obscure movie to talk about.
0: Are movies a big part of your life?
1: Movies are. Ever since I was younger, you know, we had a little, well, it wasn't a little store, but it's called Hastings in the city. I grew up in Sierra Vista, Arizona, which is a little south of Tucson, small military town. Mm-hmm. and they always had killer deals on DVDs. So if you bought like five DVDs, you'd get a sixth one for a penny. Mm-hmm. So I would just stock up on movies and then, you know, Amazon came along and I was just buying movies left and right. I just, I love them. Yeah, like my friends, we'd always watch movies and, you know, my family. And it's a yeah, it's a big part.
0: When you were young, what types of movies were you mostly getting? Was it like comedy, action, drama, or was it kind of a little bit of
1: everything? Kind of a little bit of everything, but heavy on the comedy, heavy on the kind of sports themed movies. Mm-hmm. I like to have a good time, you know. And Life is serious enough. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I like to just sit back and laugh.
0: That's awesome. If you could have like any way to watch a movie, what would you want it to be like?
1: Well, in the world before COVID, we'd love to go to the theater and watch it. I love being immersed in a huge crowd of people that are experiencing the same experience we are. Right. There's a place here in town called Roadhouse. And, you know, it's the leather chairs, full recliner, full bar, full menu. Mm -hmm. And we just loved going there to watch the movies because it felt like home. You know, you're not crowded with a bunch of people, but you're still... You
0: get the energy.
1: Right. Yeah, you feed off the energy and when people are laughing it makes things funnier. When intense moments hit, it makes it more intense. Yeah.
0: Do you want to get Give us a breakdown of what Tropic Thunder is about.
1: Yeah. Tropic Thunder is a movie that's set in southeastern Vietnam. It's your typical action war movie, so to speak. It's mm-hmm. got four big name actors in it. And then there's one kind of like up and coming and they're they're dropped in the middle of the jungle and they're supposed to find their way to, you know, like uh, some kind of hut or whatever they do on their mission. Mm-hmm. But things kind of go awry. All of a sudden they are trapped in a real war zone and they don't realize that they think they're still in a movie. And
0: hilarity ensues.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah. Like you said, there's four main actors. Ben Stiller is Tug Speedman. Jack Black is Jeff Portnoy and Robert Downey Jr. is Kirk Lazarus and Jay Bearshell.
1: Last name is Sandusky.
0: Yeah, I like him a lot. He's he's really funny. There's a show I don't know if you've ever saw. It was on FX called Man Seeking Woman. Oh, my gosh. If you have Hulu, I think you can watch it. It's a very kind of literal comedy about dating. I can't even really explain. Uh It just gets very kind of surreal at times. But I thought it was such a creative show. And especially like having so many horrible dating stories, I could just relate. (laughs) But why is this your favorite movie?
1: To me, it's kind of crazy because I'm not really the biggest fan of some of the actors in it. Interesting. (laughs) They're all thrown together for the majority of the movie. And I would think right off the bat, like, I'm not going to like this. Mm -hmm. I I loved it. I felt everybody played the part perfectly. I I don't know. It was silly and and crazy. And there's just like wall to wall, quotable lines. And it also helps the environment too. I watched it with my friends. You know, we were at a buddy's house Mm -hmm. and it's kind of touching back onto how watching things in a theater when the funny parts hit and everybody's just laughing and losing it it makes it that much more enjoyable you saw it at the theater um no i watched it at my friend's house the first time like i was a big fan of 80s tom cruise i loved all the 80s we actually watched the 80s tom cruise movie last night legend
0: oh yeah that's a great one
1: (laughs) yeah um so big big fan of that and at the time my buddy was working at the chase bank Mm -hmm attire they have to wear is like that kind of light royal blue shirt with the black slacks and my buddy he looked just like Tom Cruise's character oh my gosh when he would come home from work yeah he'd have the sleeves rolled up uh-huh. and like you know a very hairy guy oh my gosh balding yeah I, it would, so when he came home the first time after we watched that movie we were just losing it because we don't see Tom Cruise we see my buddy so
0: <laughs> right right yeah because I was surprised too that Tom Cruise was in it I think I I remembered hearing it when it came out but I totally forgot and so when I saw him mm-hmm. and he plays Les Grossman right and he's just so unrecognizable because he's got that like bald cap on and he actually like I guess wanted to have bigger hands for the role so right. <laughs> they made his hands really big yeah, it's a crazy, very different character than what Tom Cruise usually
1: plays. <laughs> right, and he's unrecognizable. But then, when you know it's him, you just you can't not see it.
0: Yeah, he's he's very charismatic. And I was actually saying it was probably fun for him to play a role where he didn't have to be in shape. Right. So he probably just let loose.
1: <laughs> right, right, and he totally did.
0: He did. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. There's a lot of extended scenes and like deleted scenes that I, I thought were really hilarious too, but they just didn't make the movie. Oh yeah. That probably was quite the adventure being on set for that movie. Cause I bet you there was a lot of, a lot of good times.
0: Right. Yeah. What about it? Do you relate to, or is there anything that you can relate to in the theme of the movie?
1: Yeah. There's actually a line that sticks with me now that kind of hit me a little different watching it. Yeah. It had been a little bit since I watched the movie, but Uh, there's a line, uh, I believe it's Robert Downey Jr. that says it. He says, I'm the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it resonates with me now a lot because for a while I was just a dude, you know, the dude everyone knew me as. Yeah. Then I got married. So then I was a dude playing the dude with a wife and family now. Right. Yeah. Then we had a baby. So Mm -hmm. I became the dude playing a husband disguised as a dad. So I was the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had to t- take on different roles because I'd never really been a dad. Yeah. This is my first time. So I, you know, I'm learning this role every day. <laughs>
0: right. That's really insightful. That line definitely stuck out to me. And I I also wrote it down too, because it was like one of my favorite lines, but I can see how that would relate to you. So that's really cool. The first time you saw it, like how did it- it affect you
1: it, it affected me pretty good because we you know we watched it in a group setting uh, me and my friends and what stage in your life was this i would say i was probably early 20s i just moved back to tucson and yeah so I was probably 20 22 23 ish so good 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. One of the things I enjoyed is there's a lot of parts in movies that for some reason I laugh, but not a lot of other people laugh, which is kind of embarrassing in a theater. But just to see those little stupid parts that I laugh at that nobody else laughs at, but then like my friends do or someone else does like, (laughs) would I really laugh at it that much if it was just myself or (laughs) that enhances it?
0: Right. Or sometimes like after you watch it with friends, you could be watching it by yourself and you'll laugh at something because you remember how how much your friends laughed at it, you know, Right. becomes contagious.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
0: I do that too. When I'm in a movie theater, I can laugh at things that no one else laughs at. <laughs> Especially like if it's a serious part too, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite character for the movie? Yeah,
1: I have a couple actually. I'll start with kind of the lesser talked about one, um, Bill Hader's character. Okay. He's not in much of the movie, but he's in enough of it and he perfectly encapsulates like the kiss-ass assistant you know but he's he carries it so confidently and I am a big fan of Bill Hader anyways I, I loved that character and I felt like it was kind of overshadowed by everybody else right but I think he was he's perfect in it me too the second one Danny McBride mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> He's always great. He's always hilarious. And just if you were to quote the movie, half of them come from him. Just his insaneness. Right. And I just love the enthusiasm he puts into this role and like everything else he does because he's just a funny dude, you know? Right.
0: Totally. He plays the explosives expert in the movie. And so, yeah, he's a very over the top, just... blowing everything up guy. So yeah, it's perfect for him.
1: Yeah. Absolute favorite character is Robert Downey Jr.'s character.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a very touchy, like, I don't know how he got away with this, but he does. He does.
1: The character is just, it's insane. He's an Australian man playing a black sergeant. Right. This this, this role actually put Robert Downey Jr. on my list of favorite actors. Really? <laughs> Because his dedication to it, and they touch on it in the movie, how he says he doesn't break character until he does the DVD commentary, which is funny because in the DVD commentary, he's doing it as Lincoln Osiris. So... (laughs) There's a couple other lines in there where he talks about how when he played Neil Armstrong, they found him in a refrigerator box in in an alley because he was so dedicated to the role he thought he was still an astronaut. Very method. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that made me do a little research on him. And I guess that is kind of the actor he is. He just gets so immersed in the role that he becomes that person. And I could see that. In, in this movie.
0: Yeah. And that was also at a time when he was kind of rebuilding his career because drug use problems and problems on set in the past. So it was kind of just putting him back on people's radar. He really proved that he is a good actor. Right. And I also felt like his character got to have a lot of the great lines that you remember from the movie. Do you have a favorite moment?
1: I have, a, I have a couple. Like I said, this movie just there's so many good things about it, mm-hmm. and to not have mentioned this person till right now is kind of speaks to that. Nick Nolte, yeah, he plays Sergeant Forley, who the movie is based off of because he wrote a book about his trials and tribulations in you know war. Mm-hmm. But he plays the over the top vet so so beautifully, and I feel like it's kind of a correlation to nowadays there's people that were in the service and then kind of overplay what they did and the balance of that was nick nolte's insane (laughs) yeah
0: the character is yeah
1: his part kind of prove to me and anybody watching it like you really can fake it till you make it yeah
0: right he starts out having like uh hooks for hands Uh and then later in the movie they get pulled off and you realize that he actually has hands and he was faking right
1: And again, like I said, they're just wall-to-wall quotes. He has a gun, and I believe it's Danny McBride's character, Cody. Mm-hmm. He asks him, what kind of gun is this? And he says, I don't know what it's called. I just know the sound it makes when it kills a man. Right. And then they get locked up together. They're tied up, and Kay kind of flips it back. He's like, I don't know what this does, but I know the sound it makes when it lies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the hands thing too. I think it's Jack Black and Robert Downey Jr. both are like, would you grow hands?
0: right because they weren't there for the reveal (laughs) right well and then speaking of hands too I'd never seen the movie until I watched it this week I thought maybe I had in the past but I think I would have remembered if I had seen it before Uh so at the beginning they're shooting the Vietnam film and you know it's fake but just the like goriness of the action (sighs) was startling to me (laughs) (laughs) like there's a part where Jay Baruchel gets stabbed in the stomach and then like cut away and then they cut back, and all of his guts and insides are just like falling out of him. <laughs> And I mean, like, I'm the type of person, I like horror movies, but I don't like it when it's really, really gory, what they call kind of like torture porn. (laughs) Some of the Saw movies were very much that way. But when it's over the top, like it was in Tropic Thunder, you can't help but laugh because it's so ridiculous. And the hands reminded me because of Ben Stiller's character, his hands get blown up. (laughs) And, and Robert Downey Jr is holding them and they're just like, bloody leaves at the top of his arm stumps and he's like shaking them and they're just flopping around and I just right (laughs) I know it's fake but it still is just like disturbing right (laughs) because you kind of need that like disassociation there's been studies about when people see violence happening to another human you feel it in your brain that's why I think I don't like the horror movies that are too real but yeah when it's over the top also kind of like in Mortal Kombat Uh I love Mortal combat, the video game. (laughs) Because some of the gore that happens is just ridiculous and would never happen.
1: Right? Yeah, I I love that. Like you said, the over the top. Like it's so obvious, it's fake. Another movie we watched recently, Return of the Living Dead. So many scenes, you're like, oh my god, that's so obviously fake. <laughs> and I was like this is the greatest ever.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote? You mentioned some of the quotes. It's a very quotable movie. Right.
1: It is. There's a lot, and I actually didn't get to mention my favorite moment. Oh,
0: I'm so sorry. Yes. Thank you for keeping track.
1: My favorite part is actually the beginning before all the Crazy War stuff, how they do the little uh, previews for what every main character is doing. That's
0: right. Yes. Yes. At the beginning. And when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, is this part of the movie i didn't know
1: right so it starts with tug speedman as uh, a scorcher Mm -hmm. already you know what you're getting into because now it's like the the fast and furious franchise where it's just like the next one is just more over the top than the last one and so i love that it's like scorcher six like the world's froze over or something
0: yeah they were like (laughs) he didn't see it coming the second time
1: again yeah yeah. And then Robert Downey Jr. as a gay monk with for or was it to- not Tobe for Grace, Tobey uh, Toby Maguire.
0: Yeah, Toby Maguire. Yeah. Right.
1: And they throw in the nod of M T V award winner for Best Kiss, Toby Maguire. And they got Enya playing in the background and <laughs> Oh, that was good. I love the spoof of the Nutty Professor with Jack Black and his character. That
0: was probably my favorite.
1: <laughs> the fatties?
0: Yeah, because you got to see him in like all the other characters and they're just so, I don't know. Well, I mean, mostly it's just farting through the, through the preview.
1: Right. Do you remember what it was called? It was like Fatty Farts 3 or something.
0: Yeah, Fart 2. And then it said, Letting Loose this fall or something, but.
1: Yeah. And then Al Pacino, too. That's such a great rap name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Alpha Chino, <laughs> where it's just over the top, which, you know, that's how rap is kind of portrayed is just over the top. You're, you're flaunting your money. You got the girls around you. And
0: right. Yeah.
1: Which we find out later in the movie, he's closeted. He's got to put that image out there mm-hmm. because at that time, like being gay and being a rapper was not really a correlation. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Yeah.
1: It's a shame that people have to be stigmatized like that. And, you know, you can't just be you. You have to be what your industry portrays your image of you should be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it seems silly. It seems like it's just your typical rap video. But as the movie goes on, you see that the layers there with that character. Absolutely. That's not what he wants. And but that's what he has to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. When they revealed that, you know, he is gay. I felt like it, yeah, added a dimension to his character because he was kind of just like the straightforward, just like black rapper. Right. And I'm glad that at the end he did get to have his moment with with. Lance Bass. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So, I mean, it's not like they tried to hide it. They gave him his, I guess, quote unquote, happy ending. Right. Yeah, that was great. And then also like his rap itself. It was a booty sweat.
1: <laughs> a booty sweat was the uh, the
0: commercial.
1: Yeah. Booty sweat was the drink. And when they think they're in the movie, that's just another going into the quotes. That's one of the the little things where they're walking. He's like, hey, if you're thirsty, I got some of this booty sweat that we made out in Da Nang. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Did you have other favorite quotes or anything else that you wanted to mention about the movie?
1: Yeah. Again, another name that's crazy this far in that we haven't mentioned, Matthew McConaughey.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: As Tug Speedman's agent. Mm-hmm. So when he's talking to him on the phone, he's like, did you get your TiVo? And he's like, no, I didn't have my TiVo. And Ben Stiller's talking. He's got the hooks on, you know, so he's holding his phone with the hook and he's trying to eat like he's eating stuff with the hooks, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> When Matthew McConaughey, he's like, rum-tum-tugger-nuts, it's your agent. How can you not love everything Matthew McConaughey says, right? Right. And then he says, the pecker is on a TiVo mission for Y-O-U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
0: his last name is Peck. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> um When they get dropped into the field, you know, right, right before the director steps on the landmine and blows up. Right.
0: Totally unexpected.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. He's like, I need your cell phones. Give me your cell phones. And then Robert Downey Jr. hits the line. He says, ain't no cell phones in 69. I'm head to toe legit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, And I'd mentioned before Danny McBride, his lines just, he had so many. And just right off the bat, he's talking about mother nature, just pissing her pants suit.
0: (laughs) yeah that was great
1: and then he's yelling at the production crew and he says i'm trying to rub tiger bomb on the jungle's nutsack when you when you read the line you're like that's crazy and then when you see who says it it just it i don't know it makes sense right yeah one of the running themes i liked with the lines is how they always got sandusky's name wrong
0: oh that's right yeah
1: all of them did and all of them would get it wrong and then at the end Tug Speedman kind of as this revelation and he gets his name right. And he's like, Hey, yeah. <laughs> I just, I like that running gag of them getting his name wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like in the Simpsons, Homer, his boss, Mr. Burns, I don't know. Well, I guess not a lot of younger people watch Simpsons anymore, but yeah, his boss would always forget his name, even though he's like been (laughs) such a big part of his life at many different points. Yeah.
1: Right. There's a scene where it's talking to Jeff Portnoy, which is Jack Black's character. It's an interview and he's like drunk or whatever, and he's doing the interview and he just spouts off, fuck you! You can't do what I do. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think he bites the microphone top off and like spits it. <laughs> I I love that line because kind of going back to the Al Pacino thing. Like I feel like when you're in kind of the public eye like this, you're painted to be a certain character. And I feel like a lot of the times they're not really saying what they want to say. Right. And you know I can respect that. Like if you just go out and say what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and not being candy coated. Mm-hmm. That's why that line kind of resonates with me because it's just a real raw moment. Where Where he's like, I'm this great, you can't do what I do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I also was thinking when you mentioned Matthew McConaughey, one of my favorite moments with him was when Tug Speedman he gets captured by the real drug gang in Vietnam. Right. So then the studio starts to think that it could be perfect. They could cash in on Tug Speedman dying Mm -hmm. and so Matthew McConaughey as Tug's agent he has to decide whether he wants to save him or not right Tom Cruise's character says that you could own a G5 plane and so then there's a shot of Matthew McConaughey in his office and he's trying to decide what he wants to do and he looks down and he in one hand he has a picture of Tug (laughs) and then in the other hand he has a magazine that just says G5 owner (laughs) (laughs) right and that's just the kind of like slapstick comedy, kind of like um, Naked Gun type things that I just,
1: I love. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Again, you know, it kind of gives you a, a little look inside. They're not always having the best interest in mind for the people they're represent, representing. Les Grossman is using this as an opportunity. Like you said, he says, hey, more or less, we can have him have whatever happens. Yeah. The movie will come out in a couple months and he'll be a hero. And then they'll move on and forget it about him. So it's all just PR for them. Yeah. So when they capture Tug Speedman, they're making him do Simple Jack, which again is another thing. I, I don't know how it's gone so long without <laughs> being scrutinized, but he they they realize he's simple jack and that's you know their favorite movie or whatever. So they're making him do The play five times a day. The character. Right. So he has the little boy that comes in and makes him a little stick figure.
0: Because he had made him a stick
1: like Oscar. Right.
0: That little boy was so adorable.
1: Right. <laughs> so then I love when they're, they go in and they're trying to rescue Tug Speedman mm-hmm. and it's Kirk Lazarus or, well, he's still Lincoln Osiris. He goes in and he's talking to him. Ben Stiller's just gone. <laughs> he's, he's lost it. Yeah. He's gone crazy. Right. And so he's trying to, he's like, we're trying to get you out of here, man. And he's like, I, I'm, I'm here. This is my life basically. Yeah. And then he says, that's my son. He made me this. And then Kirk Lazarus goes, what is that? You little stick buddy. He could come too. <laughs> right. Yeah. That whole scene, because it's the whole, starts the realization, you know, that's when Kirk Lazarus strips off the afro wig that he's wearing and he says, you know, I'm not this guy, I'm not an astronaut, I'm not this guy. He kind of strips down the layers. He has this big, deep, in-depth moment where he kind of comes to realize who he is. Mm -hmm. And then he talks to Tug Speedman again and he's like, I'm just a rooster illusion. They're like, oh, this is all lost.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and then another great part that just reminded me when you mentioned the little boy is like Tug decides to stay with the drug gang but then uh he comes running out and they're all chasing him and he has the little boy on his back (laughs) and at first I thought it was because he wanted to take him with him but then they show closer up and the little boy has a knife that he's stabbing Ben Stiller with
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he's running and he's screaming he's like I was wrong I was wrong blow it up (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: uh, something I wanted to mention, too, was that uh, when I was watching the credits, I was surprised to see that one of the writers was Justin Thoreau. And I don't know if you know the actor Justin Theroux. Uh,
1: I, the name is familiar. I'm usually bigger on faces. I have a hard time remembering names.
0: Yeah. Well, I just know him because recently my boyfriend has been uh, watching The Leftovers on HBO, which I've seen before, but Justin Thoreau is the main character in it. And to me, in my mind, he's always been like a dramatic actor because mm-hmm. he was also in, I think the movie is called Girl on a Train. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but it's also another drama, like suspense so when I saw that he was one of the writers I thought that was like really interesting because <laughs> I wouldn't have pictured him ever writing a comedy like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah which was probably fun for him because he's always has to be serious probably
1: yeah I, I love those because that's like Jeff Daniels he was always a serious actor mm-hmm. then he did Dumb and Dumber and right And he got to be silly yeah you could feel it that he got to let loose and and he's in one of the scariest movies to me of all time arachnophobia because I hate spiders
0: oh yes oh my gosh I was so scared of that movie when I first saw
1: it yeah me too
0: I was like eight years old but still
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I was around the same age the first time I saw it and the whole spiders coming out of the sink thing like I couldn't I had to make sure every sink had the thing down before I walked by it and I couldn't, I couldn't do it.
0: Yeah. Well, actually talking about movie experiences, I vividly remember the first time I saw it. Cause I saw it in the theater with one of my friends and she and I like at the time, yeah, we were probably like eight or nine years old. I don't know why her parents <laughs> took us to see this movie. <laughs> we were so scared that we like pulled our shirts over our, like we tucked our knees up into our chest and like pulled our shirt down over our knees and like tucked our heads into the shirt. So that we, he could hide but I also remember because John Goodman is in it and like anytime he came onto screen we were just like cheering because we've just felt like he was the good guy that could rescue everybody <laughs> and of course he was yeah
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Well, and I also was saying with Jeff Daniels, I'm like, that's a, that's a guy who could do the full range because he can do, you know, stupid comedy, but then he could also do this most serious drama and you believe him. Right. Because I mean, it's easy to act like how you would in real life, but to have to do the opposite, I feel like is real, real acting. Was there anything else?
1: I I don't really know nowadays how the movie is viewed, but I feel like before it was kind of under the radar. And as far as people just thought, it's just a stupid movie. It's with these crazy people in it. But I mean, when you really start thinking about it, there's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of layers to the characters. And I feel like it's really well done. Definitely. I start to finish, like I said, I don't think there's a person in it I don't really care for, as far as their part. I, I just that's why it's one of my favorite movies because it takes it takes all that and it portrays it very well, mm-hmm. and kind of makes you think if you start kind of diving into each character and what they all do and what they're all facing it's i think it's just a really well done movie
0: we'll also mention that ben stiller not only was he the star of it he directed it so it was his vision ultimately right i looked up some fun facts about tropic thunder and i just wanted to mention some and maybe some of them you've heard or maybe you'll learn something The first one, it says Ben Stiller said nearly all aspects of the Les Grossman character were developed by Tom Cruise, including the dancing and the look of the makeup. Stiller said that in addition to the more obvious makeup effects applied to Cruise's face and head and the extra hair on his chest and arms, Cruise also decided to play the character wearing oversized prosthetic hands. So his hands in the movie aren't real <laughs> they put they put makeup on him
1: I didn't know that part which makes it even more hilarious that he resembles my friend yeah because we used to tease my friend about his small hands right that's completely hilarious to me now like we would tell him when they do burger commercials they use people with small hands so the burgers look <laughs> you know huge we would tell him you know like hey you have a calling there that you're missing out on
0: <laughs> right. Anytime I saw the uh, Les Grossman character in the movie, I couldn't not look at his arms like I couldn't not look at his arms and hands. They were just so ridiculous, really big.
1: <laughs> right.
0: The next fun fact says, like his character, Kirk Lazarus. Well, you mentioned this, actually. Robert Downey Jr. is a method actor and stating character as Sergeant Osiris slash Lazarus, even while cameras were not rolling.
1: Yeah, and that's, like I said, I'd known Robert Downey Jr. from other movies, and but I never really dove into his style and kind of analyzed his roles or anything. And so that made me you know, really, really become a fan of him. I can appreciate that kind of dedication to the craft where you're like, this is my role. I'm going to own it.
0: I think another one like that is Daniel Day-Lewis. I've heard is very much. Yeah. Right. The next fun fact, it says the water buffalo that Jeff Portnoy, played by Jack Black, there's a, a part where they have him on the back of a buffalo. <laughs> it says the cast and crew found out it had been pregnant when they came to set one morning and found her nursing a newborn calf.
1: That's insane. <laughs>
0: Kind of crazy. (laughs) Ben Stiller originally planned to play Rick Peck and he was going to have Keanu Reeves play Tug Speedman. So, how different would that have been?
1: Oh, man. I don't think I can see anybody else playing Peck than Matthew McConaughey. So, for me, it's kind of a double edged sword because I would have absolutely loved Keanu Reeves as Tug Speedman.
0: Yeah. I think he would have been amazing. Like, that's his role, type of role. (laughs) They should make a reboot and just have (laughs) him play Doug Speedman. (laughs) (laughs) Have you watched? uh, There's a movie on Netflix called Always Be My Maybe. Oh,
1: no. I I saw that recently, though.
0: It's pretty funny. It's like a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a part with Keanu Reeves where he's playing himself, but he plays himself so ridiculously as like such a pretentious, like... (laughs) (laughs) And I just love it. (laughs) It's probably my favorite scene in the movie. Even after I watched it, I went back and watched the scenes with him in it because he just did it so well. (laughs) Just a couple more. Okay. Jeff Fats, Portnoy, who Jack Black plays, was written with Jack Black in mind and was partially based on Chris Farley. Oh, that's... And I love that because I'm such a Chris Farley fan and I could totally see him being in this movie in Jack Black's place.
1: Right. And that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because my biggest problem with Jack Black is I feel like he is Chris Farley.
0: Yeah, he kind of cashed in on his.
1: Right. And I just like you, I'm a big Chris Farley fan and. I think even the stuff he did in the nineties and eighties and I'm like on Saturday night live, it's still hilarious. Oh yeah. So I get upset that I don't get to see him and kind of like John, John Candy too, but don't get to see him in a modern day role with his style and how he would have adapted. And I feel like all of the Jack Black stuff would have been Chris Farley. So I kind of hold that unfair grudge with Jack Black. That's really the biggest problem I have with him. It's completely unfair to him, but...
0: Yeah, he has nothing to do with it, but... (laughs) sure you're not the only one who feels that way i just recently watched beverly or no is it beverly hills ninja is that his yeah i've never seen it and chris farley he's he's a legend it's kind of the same thing with the movie grown-ups that adam sandler did is kevin james character would have been chris farley had chris farley still been alive so i and i also love that his friends you know still remember him still try to include him right even though he's not around anymore it's Really sweet.
1: You know, with Saturday Night Live, I love when the other characters break character. Mm-hmm. Chris Farley was really good because it's just energy. As soon as he walked in the room, people were already losing it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. A completely professional setting, and then these people losing it when they're not supposed to. Right. It just always had hilarity.
0: Yeah. And one of the best examples of that was the Gap Girls sketch. Do you remember that? He's a woman. David Spade is a woman. Adam Sandler is a woman. They're like, <laughs> like teenage girls that work at the gap oh yeah yeah they're at a diner and on break and it's just so funny and adam sandler like breaks character because he starts laughing but yeah chris farley is like so dedicated to his part
1: (laughs) yeah i think he feeds off the people breaking character and it just kind of just gets going more and more and more it's like a snowball right (laughs) Aw,
0: shout out to chris farley
1: yeah big time we love you yeah
0: the flow writer hit low, played on the cell phone by Les Grossman, was added during post-production after the song became a radio hit. So that wasn't actually the song that Tom Cruise was dancing to when they were filming, but they just added that later. So I wonder what the song actually was that he was dancing to.
1: Uh, I wonder, because at the credits, he's dancing to a ludicrous song. So I, maybe it's the same one. I don't know. But yeah, that'd be fun to know. <laughs>
0: When he was dancing, every time that character danced, I just felt violated. There was something about it that was disturbing
1: to me. I don't know why. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then the last one, it says Ben Stiller opted out of doing a boot camp beforehand. The plan was that there would be an intensive two-day boot camp when the actor showed up for rehearsal. Instead, when a producer informed Stiller that due to scheduling, they could either do the boot camp or have a cast dinner, Stiller decided let's just go for the cast dinner. That'll be much more
1: fun. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Which I love because who
1: wants to go to a boot camp (laughs) right and could you imagine being at that cast dinner i mean the amount of names in that movie alone are insane and to have them gathered at one dinner candid and off the cuff would be insane Mm -hmm. especially if robert downey jr is in character like he says he always is until the the movie's over you know yeah
0: for sure (laughs) that'd be pretty good yeah Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Absolutely.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Take care, Nick. I will for sure. All right. Bye. Bye. And that's the end of another episode of Entertain Me, Please. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you liked the show and have a favorite movie that you would like to be interviewed about, direct message me on our Instagram page at entertainmeplease, and please is spelled with two E's at the end. Or you can email me at Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you so much again, and I will see you next time.